here at Journey, we believe in missions. We believe in partnering with people and organizations and churches across the world and in our own community to spread the gospel message, to provide relief to the needy and mercy to them, to feed the hungry and and clothe the naked. And I wish I had time this morning to tell you about everything that each of our partnerships are doing and accomplishing. I wish I had time to tell you about all that was happening in Guatemala or in Malawi or the Dominican Republic. And I wish I could tell you all about the 136 men in a Ugandan prison who gave their lives to Christ and the local organizations that are lifting up single moms. I I just don't have time to tell you about each of them individually this morning. And I could talk about them all day long. That's how excited I get about these mission partnerships. And you would be absolutely blown away at the things being done in the name of Jesus, both in places that are hard to find on a map and right here in Shepherdsville and Bullitt County. But today, I want to take just a few minutes to talk a little bit about missions in general. Because I think that often we don't understand missions very well, specifically what part we play as individuals in missions and how we can get more involved. Because we tend to think of missions as something separate, as missionaries, as something different than the church. They're a category all on their own. We're here, they're there, sometimes we go there, and sometimes they come here. But those aren't the only options for being involved in mission work. And I think sometimes that the the church, the big C church, has not always done a great job of informing people how they can get more involved in missions to help you figure out what part you want to play. And the way I see it, there are really three options for how you can get involved with missions. And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes, the three ways that you can get more involved with missions. And the first way that you can get involved in missions here at Journey or anywhere else for that matter is to give financially. Now, I know this is the topic that we like to talk about the least. Nobody likes to talk about money. It makes all of us uncomfortable. And we've all heard the stories about churches and pastors who just want your money, who will pass the plates around until they're full enough to fill somebody's ego. But that's not what this conversation is about. And just to be clear, I don't want your money. Jeremy does. (laughs) But I, I don't. Okay, so you can write him your angry letters. But this conversation is not really about dollars and cents. This is about how we can get involved in what God is doing all around the world. And this is actually, it's, it's a practice as old as the church itself. In the letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Paul, he's take some time near the end of the letter in chapter 4 to thank the Philippians for their support, for all the things that they have done for him to help make his mission work work. And it says this, starting in verse 15, As you know, you Philippians, you were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news 
and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. Thessalonica was a very rich town. They shouldn't have needed the extra money. Thessalonica should have been able to provide that. They didn't. The Philippians did. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Paul was first and foremost a missionary. He went from country to country, city to city, to proclaim the gospel, and that was an expensive proposition in those days, and it is still an expensive proposition. And I can tell you, having served on the mission field personally, it isn't a cheap thing to do. People assume that because you're living and serving in a developing nation, that it's cheaper to live. And in some ways, that is very true. Uh, I can't dis dispute that there are pa parts of living in a developing nation that are cheaper. For example, our, our home was a three-bedroom house, and we paid $350 a month to rent. Housing was a lot cheaper there than it is here. For $350, I think you might be able to rent the dumpster out back. Okay? But in other ways, it's incredibly expensive. The vehicle that we had to buy sight unseen before we got to the island was a 15-year-old Ford Explorer with 150,000 miles on it, no radio, no side mirrors, and we paid $20,000 for it. And that was a great deal. One month, our electricity, uh, electricity that was often turned off by the government to save power, was a $600 bill. It's not always cheaper just because you're in a developing nation. And I have to tell you, we would not have made it, we would not have survived had it not been for our financial partners, for the people that came alongside of us who saw what we were doing and our need and wanted to be involved. We couldn't have done it without them, and our missionaries can't do it without us. And here at Journey, we take this responsibility very, very serious. 10% of our annual budget as a church is earmarked for missions. That means for every dollar that you give to this church, at least 10 cents of it are being budgeted and sent out to one of our mission partners, being given away. And our mission partners, they depend on our generosity. They need us. And we, as a church, need each other to help. We need our passion for people. We need our generosity, our enthusiasm for others to hear about the name of Jesus, to be given mercy where they need it, and to be shared with. And I want to be clear. I know I'm talking financially right now, and, and it can be uncomfortable, but this really isn't about dollars or a number. That's between you and Jesus. What you give, how much you give, should you give, that's, that's not really my business. That's, that's your business. But what this is about is the state of our hearts towards the rest of the world. The state of our hearts towards the people that haven't yet heard the name of Jesus. This is about participating in what God is doing around the world through gospel-shaped partnerships, 
partnerships that you have the opportunity to be a part of. And one of the opportunities I'm excited to tell you about is coming in January. And it's one that some of us here are already a part of, but our partnership in El Raparo, Guatemala, the video you just saw, is growing at a rapid pace, and we're really excited about that. You saw a lot of those kids in that video, and a lot of those kids are being partnered with by you. You have engaged in a relationship with those kids. You write letters, they write letters. You pay a small amount of money a month, and you're paying for basic health care, food, and school. Well, I'm excited to tell you that we have more kids that have joined the program. And in January, February, we will be unrolling that to you, and we have more kids that need a partnership. And this is a great opportunity if you feel led and are excited about doing that, partnering with one of these kids, being a prayer friend to them, being an encouragement to them. And you would have the opportunity to go down and spend time with those kids. You saw in the video there was a, a teenage girl talking to Jeremy, and she looked very embarrassed talking to Jeremy, and who isn't uh, talking to Jeremy? It's embarrassing. But that's Jeremy's and Jamie's partner child. Her name's Carmen. They've partnered with her for many years, and they got to spend time together over the course of the week of being there. You have that same opportunity. So the first way we can get involved with missions is we can give financially, okay? That's the first way. The second way we can get involved in missions is we can go. And this one can be pretty divisive because not all of us here like to travel. I love to travel. I'm, I'm always ready to get on a plane and go to some faraway place I've never been before. And that excites me. But some of you here don't want to leave the state of Kentucky, and so whether you love to travel or you hate to travel, wherever you are on that spectrum, I need you to know that that's okay, but I want you to know two things. First, if you get excited about traveling, don't shame the people that don't want to go anywhere. And if you don't want to go anywhere, don't shame the people who want to travel. Both of those are equally important. The rest of the world in our own backyard all need Jesus the same amount. That's, that's the first thing I want you to know. The second thing I want you to know is that despite whether you like to travel or not, every one of us is commanded to go, whether that be to your next-door neighbor's house or across the world. Every single one of us has been commanded to go. In Matthew 28, right before Jesus ascends to heaven, his disciples gather around him on this mountaintop. And he issues this one final command to them right before he leaves. And he says this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I read a survey here not too long ago that 75% of church-going Christians don't know what the Great Commission is. It's that. So we're going to do like what our kids do, and we're going to read that together real fast. So if you would put that back up on screen for me. Verses 19 and 20, we're going to read this together. Here we go. One, two, three. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I want to break this passage down for a second because there is a lot to unpack here. The first thing Jesus says is, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This isn't Jesus just being a braggart. He's, he's not just telling them something that he wants them to know. He's declaring his kingship. He's declaring that he is in charge, and he's doing that because he's about to issue a command. And when kings issue commands, they expect them to be obeyed. This is a command for the disciples then, and it's a command for us now. This isn't a great request. This is a great commission. It's a great command from King Jesus. And once he gets that message across, he tells them what he expects them to do. The passage we just read. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus expects us to go to all nations. Now, real quick, that word nations, we get hung up on that because we hear sovereign countries, and that's not what that word means at all. The word nations there actually means ethnicities or people groups. And here's the beautiful thing about our country. It's a melting pot of all ethnicities and people groups. You do not have to leave your zip code to go to all ethnicities and people groups. So read it like this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all people groups. And here's the other thing about this. And I, I've debated on whether saying this or not, but I, I think it's important to hear. When you're called to go that doesn't mean that you are expected to be the one that evangelizes and proselytizes all the people you come into contact with. Growing up in church, I really struggled with this passage because you know, people think that all of us are just really good and equipped at, at sharing Jesus and his message with people, but... I feel inadequate in that. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm very good at going up to people that I don't have a relationship with and just starting in about who Jesus is and how much he loves them. And I carried around a lot of guilt for a long time that I wasn't better at this. And maybe you feel that way too. Maybe the idea of just going up and having a conversation with somebody you've never met before about Jesus terrifies you. And if that's the case, that's okay. Because maybe that's not the way that you're wired. Because that's not the way that God wired you. Maybe your gifts lie elsewhere. Maybe your gifts are in hospitality or service or encouragement. There are other ways to teach the way of Jesus than by simply evangelizing using words. There's this quote that people often attribute to St. Francis of Assisi that says, preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary. And the truth is that St. Francis never said that. Uh, what he said was a little more nuanced. And I think 
I actually like it better. He says this, It is no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. It is no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. And this is the heart of Jesus' command to go. Teach them my love by showing it to them as well as telling them about it. Just because you don't have the gift to evangelize doesn't mean that you shouldn't go. I'm excited to tell you about another opportunity that you're going to have very soon, at the end of this month, to go. We're having something called Love Bullet Week, the last week of October, the first couple of days into November, where we're going to have different opportunities around the community to go and serve with our partner mission organizations, with our schools, time to go in and just show the community of Shepherdsville, to show Bullet County the ways of Jesus. And we don't expect you to use words to do that. We expect you to use your gifts and abilities, your hands, your ability to show up. Maybe you need to walk across the street. Get to know your neighbors a little bit and see where they are in life. Introduce yourself. Maybe that's the way that you need to go. Or maybe you need to get involved with our new disaster response team here at Journey. Men and women who are mobilizing efforts to provide relief to those in need. Maybe a family loses everything in a fire here in Shepherdsville and they show up to help, or they help rebuild in western Kentucky after the tornadoes last December, or eastern Kentucky and the floods that we just saw. Maybe that's what you need to do to go. Maybe to go, you need to get a passport. And you need to sign up for one of the mission trips we have coming in the next year. And you already know who you are because the idea of going somewhere else excites you. Wherever it is and whoever you are, you need to plan to go. Go across the world, go across the street, go across town. They are equally important and there's something that we're each called to do. So let's recap. How can we get involved in missions? First, we can give financially. Second, we can go. And lastly, we can advocate. I couldn't come up with a third G word. So my preaching professors would be very disappointed in my inability to appropriately alliterate. So, but I did it there, so I'm good. Now, when I say advocate, what do I mean? Okay? Not all of us will always have the ability or the ability to give very much. And some of us, for various reasons, physical or otherwise, may not be able to go anywhere at all. But everybody, regardless of financial health or physical health, can promote what God is doing. You can tell other people about what's happening. You can plan events to help promote the missions or raise support or raise awareness. Some of our biggest supporters when we were planning to go to the mission field were not financial partners. They were event planners. We had somebody plan a golf scramble for us. We showed up and there were several people there we'd never met before. They didn't know who we were, but by the end of the day, they were partners. 
We had another couple of ladies that didn't have the ability to do much, but they planned a 5K for the whole community. And people showed up and we had new partners because these people advocated on our behalf. And advocates, you can't understate how much of a spiritual blessing they can be to those on the mission field by praying for them, by reaching out via Facebook, texting, whatever it is, finding out how they're doing. What do you need? How can we pray for you? How can I advocate for you here? So we can give, we can go, we can advocate. But let me tell you what we can't do. And that's just watch. We cannot just sit back and observe what is happening. The stakes are just way too high to watch. There is too much at risk. There are too many people that need the gift of relief and mercy, that need a loving, helping hand that need to be fed and clothed and that need to know who Jesus is. We have to do more. So here's my challenge for each of us today. It's threefold, okay? First, if you aren't already giving, figure out if you can afford to and what you can give. We don't want anybody donating themselves into poverty. Okay, And if you're already giving, explore if you have the ability to give just a little bit more. Start small, $5. See if you miss it. If you miss it, I'll give it back to you. I mean, not me, somebody. But. <laughs> so that's the first thing. The second thing is we need to figure out where we're going, not if, where, and we need to make a plan to go, and then we need to go. Once again, whether it's across the street or across the world, make a plan to go, and then go. Get to know your neighbors. Join the disaster response team. Sign up for a mission trip. Lastly, figure out how we can advocate. Find a mission that you're passionate about, a ministry that's doing things that you believe in, whether that's one of the ones that we support and partner with here at Journey or elsewhere. Find a ministry doing things that you believe in and promote it and pray for it and tell people about it. Encourage them. But what we can't do is sit back and watch. Let's pray.